0: you're at your old trusty boat you call mighty sparrow i'm in the city of mardi gras welcome to the sailing into oblivion podcast
1: i'm your host jerome rand welcome to the show everybody so 2023 what a difference that makes huh pretty crazy it's nice not to say 2022 anymore Although it does mean we're all a bit older, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Either way, today's show, we are going to jump back into the offshore gold that I recorded on this last trip, and uh, it really is starting to get to the mid-trip point. Um I'm right around 10 days, two weeks out on the sea by myself, so you can definitely hear it in the mindset and the conversation that I'm having and all that is included in that. So uh, if you haven't listened to the previous one, uh, it's episode 144. And this one, we're essentially uh, post outrunning another low pressure system. Our first attempt to get to Bermuda has sort of failed. The weather closed it out. And then uh, I added in the next iteration and we are uh, becalmed after everything and uh, working on projects and such. So yeah, essentially that's uh, that's today's show. And uh, before we begin, like I always say, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by following the link to the Patreon and join the 41 members strong. It seems to be always growing, which is fantastic. And uh, the other thing, we do have another new shirt. So we've got three total uh, in the merch line. And that link will be in the description as well. But if you just want to reach out to the show, give me some topics, uh, questions, or just say hello, you can head over to sailingintooblivion.com and uh, follow the podcast link to the contact the show button. Uh, That's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to keep pumping these out. Hopefully get some more cool interviews and basically coming up with a game plan. Uh, Sparrow is still broken and busted. Uh, but we are receiving some emails and things like that about possibly getting some gallows to be able to get take the first steps to get Sparrow back up and running. But uh, we will see how that goes. I'll keep you all updated. Other than that, here we go right into the old offshore gold.
0: All right, check one, two. We are
1: welcome to
0: Stormwatch aboard Mighty Sparrow this evening. It's approximately, well, local time, I don't know, because I I actually haven't shifted ahead at all. Cracking my sundowner, oh baby, one and done, because it's going to be a long night, but uh, you know, it's tradition. I see the lovely golden hue of sunlight casting through the porthole, and it's actually, believe it or not, illuminating a beautiful picture of the Ladies Island Swing Bridge under a full moon. And uh, that's probably where I'm going to end up heading towards. Uh, so funny enough. Sorry if there's a lot of background noise, but it's blowing about 15 to 20 out there. That horrible clicking noise that you're going to hear every once in a while has started up ever since the knockdown. Uh, kind of have a feeling I might have knocked a few bulkheads loose, if you know what I mean, around this boat. And uh, that's not good. So I don't know if the outer shell and the... Uh, Rest of the boat are twisting and tweaking a little bit, but uh, that noise is no fun, and I don't like it, and I don't know what it is, and I can't seem to get it to stop. So, in any event, mm, we are on, uh, we're just finishing up 24 hours of pushing Sparrow as hard as possible, very, uh, very irresponsibly. Just trying to get every last bit of mileage out of uh this ocean as we possibly can, no, actually, I think Sparrow really enjoyed it. We started out yesterday um oh jeez, no, we're on to we're on to uh like forty eight hours almost. Yeah, because we started out super light winds, and then we got to start sailing through the night. And then all day yesterday, yeah, we were wing on wing, just blasting straight downwind due south. And then today, somewhere around like 1 in the morning, it uh, started coming a little bit more out of the east. And so we were able to jibe the boat over and then put up the drifter as well as the full main and just blast to boot. We also had a nice like six foot or so big swell. I think it's remnants actually still of the gale that we were in up near the Gulf Stream a few days ago. So we're still trying to ride that one out (laughs) in effect. But so that's coming down directly from the north. The wind is coming from the northeast and we are broad reaching under full canvas due south. That my friends, is a mixture for perfection. Now, Mongo, the wind vane has a little trouble with it because when you're accelerating from about five and a half, six knots of boat speed up to 10, 11, 12 knots, when you surf one of these swell, and we're doing that every 13, 14 seconds, uh, gets a little testy. It's hard for him to keep up, but, uh, you know what? Salute to you, Mongo, because you you nailed it. We uh we were able to just gain a huge amount of miles today. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, boy, a squeaking chair. I wish I could do something about it. Give me a second here. Let's see if we can. If I
1: do that, it
0: might help. It's like it just wants to squeak. Oh, there we go. Hey, nice. Okay. We're looking good. Well, and we've, we've basically, um, so, uh, sorry, let's, let's stay on point here. We're on the edge. We're on the cusp of this low pressure system. Now due North of us, um, by not very many miles it is uh going to be blowing 35 steady. Like that's the wind speed and then there's going to be gusts on top. So that's that's gale force, force 8, really ugly weather. Um you go a little further north than that and I believe it's up to force 9, so a severe gale. Not fun at all. And uh that's, you know, that's why we were putting the hammer down and Gotta give a shout out to my buddy Scott down there in Beauford. He uh he gave me the heads up uh two days ago when I was still headed towards Bermuda and he said, Hey, you know, take a look at the weather, cause that that low has shifted south a little bit, and you may wanna just take a look. And I did and immediately changed my course because I knew I was like I think we, we talked about that one on the uh the other podcast. But um, in any event yeah, we're tonight, uh, within the next probably four hours, the wind is going to shift out of the south. Right now it's blowing almost due out of the east, and we're just ripping along it with two reefs in the main and the staysail. It's all going to have to get changed, though. Um, as the wind picks up or if it shifts, I'll go ahead and get rid of the staysail first, put up the storm jib. And then throw the third reef in the mainsail because we're just going to go hove to when it's due south. Or if conditions aren't that bad, we may actually just um, forereach to the southwest back towards um, you know the Caribbean and stuff uh, instead of out to the open ocean. And that way we're we're heading in the right direction uh, of we're we're going against the grain, so to speak. So the low will be headed east. We'll be headed sort of westish, um, so we'll we'll get out of the the worst of the winds, you know, faster. And that's that's the name of the game, you know, because it's it's not that I I don't uh, enjoy a bit of thrill when it comes to a little heavy weather. Uh, it's beautiful, the waves, it's unbelievable, you know, the speeds. Every there there are a lot of good attributes to it. But on this trip so far, this will be number five. If these winds uh, peak out you know, above 30, or if they, if they get to 29 or above and just stay there, um, then that's the fifth, fifth near gale or gale that we've been dealt with on this trip. I've been out here for like 11 days. I don't even understand what's going on, but the Atlantic in November, I suppose. Ah, uh, so in any event, um, yeah, so we're, we're looking pretty, pretty good right here, right now. Um, like I said, just a couple little maneuvers to be able to get her going, and if the if the weather doesn't really suffice, you can just go hove to, quick and easy, simple. Um, back when the stays or back when the storm jib, and uh, I like to crank the mainsail, triple reefed main on the traveler, crank that all the way up to the windward side, uh, and it's got a pretty big traveler on this boat and then sheet it way out so there's a ton of twist in the sail and that that allows for a decent amount of dumpage of wind higher up and just uh you know sort of level the playing field. I, I was toying with the idea of lying a hull. And the only reason I want to do that is because I've never done it before. And I know there are people that claim that it's the best way to ride out bad weather. Um I've also read plenty of stories where when they were people were lying a haul was when they got hit by a monster wave and rolled straight over. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I kind of figured in the end my decision probably not to do that is uh, is mostly because I don't know the overall structural integrity of Mighty Sparrow right now. Uh, I have a feeling she's She's pretty beat up from, from what she, she had went through. So I kind of want to just play it safe, not mess around a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe next time I go out next time, once I get everything fixed up and all that sort of stuff and I'm back out at sea, get some, you know, near gale or whatever. Um, Yeah. Lie hall, check it out. See what happens. Cause you know, worst case scenario, you just have to get up there and throw some sort of something up and, and then peel out of it. But, it's easier said than done, I just don't know. I don't understand how uh what the motion would feel like down below. Uh, I feel like you'd be just getting rocketed and rolled, and I mean, I know if if you're lying a hull, you're essentially just drifting straight downwind, so you're creating quite a slick in the water, so to speak um, but you know once waves get to a certain size, I don't think that matters anymore um but you know, who knows? That's kind of the interesting thing. That's why I was curious about it. So who knows? Who knows? But uh the bunk is all back together. It's firmly a little bit better secured this time. Um the lid to the refrigerator is all battened down. The Lee board has been rebuilt. Always have a lot of extra wood on board. Um Well, maybe not a lot, but, you know, instead of having to cannibalize cupboard doors and and things like that i always like to just keep a little bit of plywood and a couple of uh this time i have one by ones uh that i found up there at the at the boatyard and was able to just put it all back together uh, easy peasy it fits just right uh, a little bit of glue and a lot of screws and we're good to uh sleep on the high side again cuz i'll tell you what i was laying down Uh, Just before I put the second reef in and I was trying to get a little napper in, you know, trying. It's always good to try and get a little bit of rest before, you know, it's gonna be a long night. And I'm lying in the exact same position that I was in when the the knockdown happened. And uh, I just kept I just kept thinking about, God, this chair. Why just squeak it? You know what? I'm switching them. Swapping. Swapping! Over to the settee. Because I've got a nice little mic boom here. Ho ho! Quiet as a church mouse, ain't we now? Who loves you, bud? There we go. Uh, yeah, I was laying right there, and it was. I just kept sort of envisioning. I closed my eyes. And, you know, it's that same sort of feeling. I'm on the low side. I'm way down below. And I just kind of kept envisioning all the stuff piling on top of me again. And I I don't know. I had a little bit of trouble with that one. So I uh, forewent that and decided to go mess with the sails and check the weather and do some other stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. It'll be kind of an interesting night because if we end up going hove to or for reaching... You know, chances are we're going to take a couple of little hits. I, I can't imagine any of the waves are going to be all that big. Um, You know, nowhere near what they were the other day. And uh, but still, there's that impact noise and there's that feeling and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm really I'm hoping that the shift from winds from the south to winds from the uh west and then northwest will be epically quick and uh i can just peel right off and start racing downwind because when you're moving you're moving you know that uh you know it's it's a good thing it it feels good you know you're a moving target when you're just stationary like that you're just waiting and i just don't like doing that i don't know so plus it's gonna be dark and stuff but again the real heavy wind doesn't come until the shift, and that's probably not going to be until about 6 or 7 in the morning. So, you know, hopefully it's not too bad. It's only supposed to blow like 22 to 26 uh, through the night, and then, yeah, the shift comes. So it's not great, but it could be worse. It could be 50. <laughs> If it was fifty though, I don't yeah, I, I don't even know. I guess it would all depend, but if it was blowing fifty, I, I would probably go with it. Um you know, in the Southern Ocean when we used to get in those in those systems, um, you know, I'm riding the top edge, so all the wind's coming from the west and I'm headed to the east, so it's uh perfect for just having a storm jib sheeted hard amidship, so it's not sheeted out. It's not catching any wind. It's just holding the bow in position and just go, 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 go. And boy, Sparrow did love it. That was that was definitely fun. But I, you know, I I remember just staring out through the companionway, kind of grinding my teeth. Very nerve wracking, you know. And when, when the wind is howling, the waves are big, the noises are there, and uh, I don't know. It's um, like I said, some parts of it are kind of cool, but uh, it can also kind of grind on you. It's definitely ground me down a little bit. I'm ready for uh, a little bit calmer, calmer sea. Um, you know, I I definitely hate being becalmed, but I'd like to, I don't know, just have something a little, little easier going. Um, that would be kind of nice, and because it's warm, and I want to spend some time out on the deck, and we, I'm um, kind of actually hoping we do get becalmed. Um, at least one day because I'm pretty sure I can fix that dodger. It's it split all the way from almost end to end, but I think just hand sewing it real fast, just, just so we have it again. Because I mean, it's been it's like a whole different world. You don't have a dodger on the boat, you don't have anything to hide behind. Like, every time you pop your head out, you're getting splashed with salt water. Or, something. It's not, you know, I don't know. There's, um, usually I would go up there. I'd have a little Bluetooth speaker and, you know, listen to podcasts or listen to music. And now when you're up there, I mean, there's the, it's been really windy granted, but the wind and wave noise are so loud. You can barely hear the the speaker. I don't know. I don't know. Listen to me griping away. Oh, that popping noise. I don't know what that is. I'm hoping it's something Pretty small and easy like this. I mean, it sounds like it's coming from right there. I don't. You know, you get these weird noises on boats, and uh, they have a way of getting into your brain. You know, you start thinking that something's wrong, something's broken. Uh, Nine times out of ten, it's just a stupid piece of joinery that, you know, they did really, really poorly or something like that. I don't know. It kind of does look like that because it, it sounds like it's coming from this section where these two pieces of wood meet. I don't know. There's not a whole lot I can do about it right now, though. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's a pretty short one. I got to sort of stay on my toes, get ready. Uh, the sun is setting as we speak, so I kind of want to go check that out, but yeah I don't know. I uh, probably won't be able to update throughout because I have to have my computer out and stuff to do this, and uh it's not the safest. I can only do that right now because it's you know it's it's relatively calm out but boy, what a day just flying absolutely flying. It was just miraculous to see. I took a lot of good filming and stuff like that, so I'm hoping to be able to put together quite a quite a neat little montage or whatever and uh yeah. Just, uh, it was incredible to watch Sparrow do her thing and, and fly with those waves and just surf and surf and surf over and over and over again. And yeah, I mean, you know, 10, 11, 12 knots, like it was nothing, like it was no problem at all. And, uh, I absolutely love that. It's nice to be able to put the hammer down when it's needed, but I, you know, I can't take credit for that because it really just was the conditions, you know? Broad reaching, uh, following swell, no head seas. What else could you ask for? So just about perfect. but yeah, we're going to go through this one. Hopefully, that'll be a wrap on some of the heavy weather, and uh, we'll make our way a little further south, catch some of the easterly trades, start making our way back towards. We'll head towards the Bahamas first. And uh, if all goes well, we'll pass those up and look for a window to cross the stream and then get up there to one of the Carolinas and uh, start sorting out the parts and figuring out a job and, and all the facts of life so I can get Sparrow back into uh, fighting shape again, which will be very nice uh, because it's it still is a little shocking when I look in the cockpit. and do not see all the stuff that I normally would. So, sad, very very sad, but it's a boat, so we can rebuild it, we can fix it and uh no big deal. So, other than that, wish me luck. We're going into a long night. Oh, there's a nice little wave right there. Um oh, and the click, clunk, clink. Uh other than that, thanks for listening and uh this was uh the the, uh, the Gathering Wind update here aboard Mighty Sparrow. Whoop, whoop, whoop! Hey, 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 hey! Welcome to the Becalmed podcast here at, let's see, where are we, uh, 200 miles south of Bermuda. Flat becalmed. I shouldn't say flat, though. Actually, it's uh, pretty much the typical post... Post-gale low-pressure system, you know, calm. I'm sure you can hear all the noises in the background. Jeez. There's probably about a six to eight-foot, like, heavy fat sort of swell, nothing, you know, y'all not even discernible, uh except for the fact that it lunges the boat over and then lunges it back. Uh you know, you could fit a, a stadium in between these waves. They're sort of the remnants, I guess, of the the worst parts of this last uh storm that we went through. But it's been, you know, it's been 24 hours uh, essentially since it started to stop blowing pretty hard, and we've had some triumphs, and we're drinking tequila tonight. Yes, tequila, because now I have a Dodger and I have shade, and I feel like, you know, tequila is one of those things that you drink when you're it's hot out and you find a shady little spot, and you're sort of like, ooh. Maybe a little, uh, maybe a little tequila tonight. Why not? Mmm. Ah, delicious. Yeah, so, (laughs) so we went, Oh man, got becalmed, finally, like, took the mainsail down. I want to say around, uh, I don't even know anymore, to tell you the truth. I wanna say it was sometime afternoon, something like that. Uh had had a serious scare for a little bit there. Oh man, what is that shifting? Jeez Louise. Oh sometimes you get the big rolls. Oh, those are like tool They're not toolboxes, but little plastic boxes that are filled with screws and bolts and pins and things like that. Sometimes when you get rolled real hard, that's when you get the deep shift of your stowage on onboard. You're sort of like, well, it really only happens in these become conditions too, because, uh, normally the boat's kind of, you know, it's angled to one side a bit more, even when you're, when you're rolling, going straight downwind, uh, there's something about the forward momentum that kind of keeps everything in place. It's like we're rocking instead of just rolling, if that makes any sense. Uh, but in any event, we... Oh, man. What was I going to say? Shoot. Oh, it's... It is one of those things. You do just get used to it after a while. Oh, man. Squeaks. Squeaks and groans. God, everything on this boat is making freaking noise. Ah, where's my towel? There it is. Alright, I'm gonna try and quiet this freaking chair down. I just literally had to spray the whole floor around this chair. I figured out what was making all the squeaking noises, and uh it's it's the floor this chair is connected to is is joined up against. Some other, you know, it's two pieces of wood and they're just like squeak, squeak. Ah, and it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, joinery. I know I'm this boat, whoever rebuilt and redid this boat after it was wrecked in the hurricane, Mighty Sparrow, my, my father once described it as, uh, when you're, when you're in, in heavy weather on Mighty Sparrow, it sounds like you're inside of a, popcorn making machine and he would not be wrong I mean it's just constant it's like pops and and groans and creaks and all stuff you know I mean she's a well-found boat for sure that's there's no question on that front but it's just it's like holy cow (laughs) so loud I've been on other solid boats that don't make any noise it doesn't really I don't know it almost doesn't compute but in any event in other news <laughs> so we went ah we get up we get up this morning and it's still kind of blowing a decent amount i slept like an absolute rock oh i was so tired holy cow sort of the, the stress of trying to get away from the bad parts of that that system and then you know being Being up, I think I woke up around two in the morning because the wind shift was going to happen sometime around then. And so just sort of being ready and dealing with that, and then just staying up and being up for the pretty much the whole day until it started to ease off a little bit. Got some sleep, got back up, and then went hard charging. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where this has been a trip where. I've been able to get a couple hours here and there, but no like long, nice, you know, three, four hour sleeps yet. And that's, I don't know, it's unusual. Um, and I, I, it's unlikely unless, unless I can somehow make it to Bermuda, um, which I know I can, obviously it's a boat we can get there, but the weather just is, is not conducive for it. Um, It's only 200 miles away, but I've got one good day of good wind and then bad wind. And then we've got another system coming down, like a front blowing 30 knots out of the northeast. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where I have to sit there and wait and be like, well, do you think I can? Can I get there before that happens? And chances are, oh, there there goes that. That's the other thing. You know, I have a, a VHF. ICOM thing, right? And I've got an ICOM AIS unit standalone. And I've got a Garmin GPS. And I can't get a single one of these frickin' things to talk to each other. The VHF can pick up AIS signals from other ships, but it won't sort of alert me to them. I can't, I cannot for the life of me figure out how to Get the thing to just be like, hey, there's a ship. Cause, well, I guess it's because VHF doesn't know my position. So I guess that's understandable. Uh, But I can't get that thing to talk to the GPS, which knows my position. Can't get the other one to talk. And I know there's this whole NMEA 2000. There's little tiny wires, like a million of them back there. Oh, my God. It's such a... I'm sure there is such an easy solution to this. And if I just knew, if I just knew how to do it, if someone just said, Jerome, let me sit down with you for six minutes and I will explain how this all works and then you can get everything. Great. That would be awesome. Doesn't happen. Never happens. Nobody can ever do that. And I don't know if it's just me or what. Ah, It's like this sorcery that these electronics guys wheeled over us sailors. And they're just like, ooh, oh, you want this and this? Oh, I, I could make that happen, maybe. Mm-hmm. How much money do you have? And it's like, oh, my God, come on. <sighs> it's just wires. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. So I worked on that for a little while. But, yeah, had a, had a big scare. Uh, Go to fire up the engine, you know, it's an old Perkins 4018, 50 horse, a little overbuilt for this boat for sure, but, uh, whatever. And when it is above 60 degrees and even better, 70 degrees air temperature, fires up like a rocket ship. You know, no big deal. Just always boom! And, uh, you know, it's that temperature around these days here. Uh, I had let the batteries go down a little bit more than I wanted to uh, because yesterday it was just the the seas were so confused and so jostled up. I mean, we started out, we ended two days ago with strong northerly winds, which then turned to easterly winds which then turned to Southerly Winds, which then turned to Westerlies. So we had the entire gambit there uh, during this this near gale that we were going through. And (laughs) it's like just the most jostled up crazy. Uh, And I'm still, again, at this point, I don't have the Dodger fix. So I'm I'm just poking my head out from the companionway, completely exposed, uh, just getting caked. I was literally wiping my face and there was like dried salt crystals. I could have salted, you know, some some chicken or some some, you know, vegetables or something. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Uh uh well, you know, I I don't know. I for some reason I enjoy when I get into those sort of conditions where the waves are breaking and every once in a while you take a big hit or something like that, I like to be able to be out there and, and seeing and witnessing what's going on. Um, especially because we were, we were sailing on more of a broad reach instead of like a dead downwind. Cause I wanted to get further South to just get out of the heavier weather faster. And, uh, so you know, for a little while we were actually beam reaching. So waves were sort of on the side, but we could do that because they hadn't built up so much and they weren't breaking at that point. And it's one of those things where as long as you're paying attention and you sort of notice it, the moment when the waves do start to break, then you know, okay, well let's, we can't be beamed to these seas anymore and all that. But you have to sort of pay attention. You can't be down in your bunk sleep. Um, like I was in, uh, in, um, oh, what was it? Cyclone? Cyclone Irving? Yeah, I guess. In the Indian Ocean. I was like, man, yeah, it seems like we got this thing beat. I <laughs> went, go to bed. Wabam! Wake up! Like, uh, ah, classic stuff. Classic stuff. So, ah, I go to fire up the engine today, and fires right up. No big deal. Room! And it runs for about 20 seconds. And then do, 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 And it stops. Well, it actually, it it revved up and then it dropped off. So those are sort of, in my experience, the telltale sign of, I don't have enough fuel and I'm going to stop. So I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. Well, so I go crack all the injectors, give it a couple uh. Um, turns on the old start button and everything. I see fuel coming all out. Sweet. Close them all up. Go to start it. It won't start. Now, I only have, I don't know. Well, I actually, I, I, I actually don't know. I'm assuming that the battery for the engine, which is separate from the house bank, was fully charged. So, uh, it probably had a, a pretty awesome charge in it. And, but you know, it's one of those things where you're like. You can only crank that freaking thing so long before all of a sudden it starts. And you know, right now, unfortunately, uh, there's no like second chances in, in this game that I'm playing here. Uh, you lose your ability to start that engine and you've lost all your power. So there is no more nav lights. There's no more fridge. There's no more VHF. Uh we're down to just straight battery uh and that is it now. I do have two goal zero little uh little solar panel things for that battery battery bank like power pack thing and I did think I was like, you know it's a solar panel it's gotta be super it's gotta be a positive and a negative, no matter what fancy plug they have going into the end of their little thing. You cut that wire and it's going to be a positive and a negative. And I am I have a feeling that uh, if I cannibalize one of them and I cut it and I see what it is in there, if it is that way, then I can rig it up as just a trickle charge, you know, one of those little solar panel things that you, you hook up to your, your engine battery and you just leave it out there all the time because it's it's just delivering a little bit of power. You know, so maybe a couple of days go by, and all of a sudden I can try and fire up the engine again. Something I don't, I don't know, but I'm sort of like, holy sh! Nichols, this isn't, this isn't going. And I give it a shot, and then I, 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 do the whole like, stop, idiot, stop. Do not just hold that starter button down. Just, just back away. And because <laughs> sometimes you have to, because the inkling or the insight is, just, oh man, I'm just it's almost there. I know it's almost there. Let me just keep pressing it. No, you got to like stop. And so I stopped and I said, okay, it's 7am. I'm not trying to fire this engine up again until 8am. So that gives me one hour to troubleshoot, think, and, uh, and, you know, try and not screw this up. And so that's what I did. I, I sort of stuck to that, but, uh, I went and cleaned out uh you know the little air intake filter made sure that was okay um looked at the the actual shut off switch for the engine and made sure that wasn't you know somehow somehow all all uh you know pulled into the off position or anything um and then I just thought about I thought about all the times where this has happened before and what I did and all that and kind of just came down to I was like well in the past, when it's done this, essentially, what it's telling me is that it's got a little bit of air in the fuel line, and that's all it is. It's all it is. So if I'm going to give this a shot, and I only have really like one or, or two more tries, I'm going to crack off the little nuts on the injectors. And I'm going to give it a good little bit. Make sure they're all squirting diesel. Really good flow. Close them all up. And then I'm going to go ahead and give it give it one nice long, like, I want to say ten, five to ten second, like, go for it. The only problem was, before I had done that, at one point, I was like, oh, well, let me just combine the batteries. And the house bank was running pretty low because I'm still running the fridge. So it was down to like 12.2 or something. And when I did that, it it the engine tried to start like the whole cranking thing was going a lot faster. But I could just see the voltage on the house bank just drop. And so eventually after I waited maybe until 7:30, and I had my game plan, I know I, I couldn't, I couldn't make it last all the way. Uh, you know, I'm impatient when it comes to that, you know, you come up with this theory, you got an idea and then you want to carry it out. And, you know, it was one of those things where I'm sort of like up there and I'm panicking while, while I'm waiting, I'm sort of like, wow, okay, well, where am I going to go? And, you know, is it going to be easier just to sail straight into Bermuda or sail into somewhere else? Uh, you know, Buford is pretty difficult because it's like 25 miles up the river. And Cito and all these things are coming at me. And I'm thinking to myself, finally, I'm like, stop, just fucking stop. Sorry about my language there, but why are you you thinking and worrying about all these things that are so far away? So far away from the root of this one little problem. It's like my brain was just trying to, I don't know, uh like branch out into, you know, oh, look at this. Now your engine won't start. You got, what are you going to do when, and it's sort of like, oh my gosh, just stop. So I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying these things verbally and out loud, just like I am now. And I'm just like, stop. Price sakes. Just focus on the problem at hand. Don't worry about how you're going to actually pull into a port that's a thousand miles away from you right now. Let's just worry about this right here and see if we can solve this problem. If we can't, then we'll jump ahead. We'll, we'll troubleshoot. We'll worry. We'll diagnose. We'll, we'll get into that later. And I don't know. It's just something I, I, that's, that's always been a thing for me is, I don't know if it's, it's the whole idea of like plan for the worst or uh, pray for the best and plan for the worst or whatever it is. Uh, But I've always, I've always liked to have sort of plans way, way in advance uh, plan A, plan B sort of thing where, you know, in case things go, go poorly, but, oh my gosh. So <laughs> I'm like yelling at myself, which is a pretty common occurrence, but I, I'm like yelling at myself and, and then I go and I carry out my little plan. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bleed it real, real good. And then I'm going to close them all off and then I'm going to give it five to 10 seconds. And then if that doesn't work, I'm going to stop not try and start it and figure out what the game plan is because I was sort of like, okay, well, two, three days away from Bermuda. Uh, I could use the rest of the house battery bank, shut off everything to at least charge, you know, one or two essential things, mostly the Garmin InReach and all that. So I can still communicate with people. And then uh, be able to like use the nav lights at night because I'm literally in the middle of a freaking shipping lane now, uh, which is awesome. See ships every single night. There's probably one out there now. Who knows? Who knows? Actually, now I'm now I'm paranoid. I gotta check. Now you've done it. Now you've done it. Not even gonna pause it, I'm just gonna come and check. Oh, Orion. Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> oh Anyway. Oh. Not a thing. Just a bunch of stars and constellations and ah, overcast skies. Or not overcast, but uh, partly overcast, I guess. In any event, carry it out. Do it. Engine fires up. La-di-da. Problem solved. Don't even have to worry about all these things I was worrying about. And... I am about as happy as any human being probably ever could be. I mean, it's sort of when you're when you're faced with one of those things where you're like, all right, no more electricity. That's it. Uh, you know, there's the first thought is there's all these little conveniences, you know. Oh, no, no more Bluetooth speakers. Uh, Oh, no, no more, you know. uh no more iPad to look at the weather. Oh no, no more Garmin inReach to contact people and tell them I'm okay. Oh no, no more VHF to be able to talk to that ship that's about to run me down. Oh no, no nav lights. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) And it just gets, you know, it gets worse and worse. And you're sort of like, holy cow, that is actually pretty bad. I mean, you know, even just to to get water out of my main tanks i I have this old school hand pump one, but that's straight into the sea for like washing dishes and stuff um I would be able to switch that, but you know it's it's a lot of work to switch that over to the to the main line and all that sort of stuff i like, I don't know it's it's one of those things where I'll, the second you don't have any electricity on this thing anymore it's like wow. That's kind of a big game changer um luckily, luckily, I have a lot, and I mean a lot of double a AA and triple A batteries. so the headlamps um essentially my my thinking was that if I ended up in the life raft uh and in in my little uh grab bag, there is one of those world band radios. You know, nothing you can't like transmit on it, but you can listen. And then I have headlamps, um and I have lots of batteries. Cause I was kinda like, you know, you gotta fight your mental battles in a life raft if you're just stuck there for months. But if you had a world band radio, you'd be like Joe versus Volcano. You know, he's out there floating around on his, his luggage and he's got tunes and you know it's okay you know you got tunes you can you can hear stuff um believe it or not that makes a huge difference huge when i finish this podcast i'm gonna go up in the cockpit it's dark um it's beautiful out but part of what makes it there was a weird noise there that gave me the chills. There's something like sliding around, probably on the floor, I don't know. But when you have music, it just man, it feels great. Feels absolutely great. All right. Train of thought. Here we go. So, fire up the engine feeling great again. Awesome. Um let it just roll all day basically. I let it roll for like 4 hours wanting to give the batteries full full charge. Cause I still have the fridge going, which is a bit of a drain. But you know, there's ham and bacon in there and stuff. Although, eh, you know, it's one of those things. I, I have to sort of see. Part of me wants to just get rid of all the the foods in the fridge, so I can just shut it down, um, and then not have to run the engine every single day, because it's kind of annoying to run the engine every single day. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. And that's part of the reason I, I would love to get into Bermuda. Cause if I could just get in there, uh, real quick and get the AIS aerial, uh, and then just pick up like one small solar panel that I can throw out somewhere on this boat that will, uh, you know, just allow me to trickle in a little bit of power, uh, during the daytime, that would be fantastic. Just supplement, you know, I know it's not going to charge the whole thing fully, but Maybe give me just a little bit. Mmm. Ah, this is like tequila mixed with some sort of lemon and uh, strawberry. I don't, I don't really know. Is that noise again? Freaky. I think it's freaking me out because there's like red, the, the whole, the whole boat is bathed in that submarine red light. So, I can keep my night vision <laughs> uh no, then, in, in wrap up news though we did uh after after a good long sleep today in the uh, uh just afternoon uh woke up, smacked my self in the face and was like, "All right, let's do this. It's dodger time, so we undid the the dodger that's been that was ripped in half, brought it down below, oh. Not a, not a really great, uh, fancy type of, of job, but it is now fixed. And I now have a Dodger again, but it was kind of funny because I, so I get it, I fix it and then I'm up there and I'm, I'm installing it back onto the stainless steel stuff. And then I'm like, Oh, there's a of rivet missing. so. I go down, get the rivet gun, put the pop rivet in, then I go, and then I'm like, oh no, I forgot I had to sew that zipper part on, so it all comes back down, and I sew this zipper back on, and then I go back up and I hook it all up, and with this Dodger, it's not like free standing. so what I usually do is I have two lines that come off of it and go aft, and those get clipped on to the arch, and uh, and that's what sort of makes everything rigid. And, uh, and I go, I literally, I have the line in my hand and I turn to go clip it on and I'm like, oh no, there's no more arch anymore. (laughs) Uh, So one side is, is hooked off to the lifeline. The other one is going back towards the backstay. It looks pretty janky. I'm not going to lie, but. In the end, it is a dodger. It is functional. It has a big blue strip of canvas down the middle of it where it was split uh but I don't care. It's fine. It's not about how it looks. it's how it functions because I can't tell you I mean, I just even over the next few days, um just sailing up to either Bermuda or the next week trying to sail back to the coast, a good portion of that is going to be in the sort of conditions where you know, waves every once in a while, slap against the hull, and splash the boat. And if you have that dodger, oh, you're hidden away. I'm in the beanbag chair reading a book, watching the water just splash, splash. No. ah, uh-uh. If it's not like that, like I'm like poking my head out of the companionway, the boat has to be like closed up. That's probably the worst part is the boat being closed up, all the hatches, all the boards have to be in there because... You know, you get, you get a random wave splashes is just right. It can just end up down here and splash all over nav station. I'm not too worried about it these days. To tell you the truth, because it's already gotten such a soaking of salt water from all the water that came out of the sink and through the hatchboards when we got knocked down that, uh, I, we, we basically, uh, uh, we, broke that seal of, of like no salt water down below long ago. And we, we didn't just break it. We destroyed it because I, you know, you got to think all the water that was in the head, all the water that was in the sink in the head, all the water in the sink in the galley. Um, and then any water that was in the bilge, everything got brought straight up. Oh man. So I don't know, it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse in some ways I kind of feel like I've gotten the first scratch, uh, you know, in the new paint job. So it's sort of like, yeah, well, you know, I don't have to worry too much about it anymore because we already screwed it up, (laughs) I guess. Anyway, I'm going to go enjoy some stars. This was really nice. Uh, good little update here and, uh, hopefully more to come to believe from Bermuda. I don't know. We'll see if we can get up there. The winds are supposed to shift tonight. It is just a shade under 8 p.m. It's supposed to shift around 10, 11. And I might be able to get underway before the witching hour. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, until next time.